Hello, this is Danielle Freitag with Jenna DeYoung, Real Talk Podcast, encouraging faith and inspiring restoration, sharing tips, tools, and talk. We're exploring a biblical worldview that empowers and prompts faith in action. episode two of Real Talk. This is Danielle. And Jenna. Hey. Hi, Jenna. Hey. Hey. (laughs) Good morning. (laughs) Good morning. So, hey, guys, we typically record on Friday afternoons and it is Saturday, but you're going to hear this coming out on Monday. So we have a pretty quick turnaround time because it is Real Talk, unrehearsed, Uh, Not much editing at all, if any. I think I've edited like one time (laughs) Um, going back into a a message, but um, I'm super excited for the topic today. We're talking about building the house and really looking at Matthew chapter seven. What does it look like to be a wise builder um, versus a foolish builder, which is what the scriptures say. And we're actually going to tie this into the fact that September is National Recovery Month. So all those out there listening that are in recovery, shout out to you. Maybe you're sober, maybe you want to be sober, or you're working towards being sober, whatever it might be. We just want to honor you. And um, we're excited because again, National Recovery Month, um, you know, those of you listening, uh, maybe you know this, but I've been um, in recovery now, sober 15 years, um, a husband, and I know that Jenna as well, not, not necessarily that she's in recovery, but she does the sober thing, right, Jenna? Right. Well, and you know, for me, it was just different. You know, one of the things we're going to talk today about is getting real with where we're at. And, you know, there was a moment for me where I came to this realization that, you know, I didn't really necessarily drink a lot, but my choice was marijuana. And so, you know, for me, I had to come get to this place of being real, of realizing that the reason behind why I was doing what I was doing was because my, I didn't want to deal with life. You know, it was my way of coping with life. It was my way of like, I don't want to feel all of the things that I feel when I'm not under the influence, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I just remember thinking, I just don't want to feel anything. And so that's why I did what I did, you know, because sometimes life can take us down these roads that we didn't, we didn't see that were coming and we make choices that, you know, we didn't, we didn't think we'd ever make. And so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. And I can relate with that in mine. I mean, my, my own use goes, I mean, back pretty far. I mean, I started using when I was probably 13, 14, um, but got into a lot heavier substances. And um, I mean, now I can look back and see that it definitely was something that I would turn to at first for fun, um, maybe even to fit in at some points. Um, with those that I was hanging out with when I was younger, but then as time went on, it it truly became something, you know, that I did turn to as a means to cope or as Mm -hmm. a means to cover, um, cover things up and something that's been so 
freeing and beautiful about being sober is that I don't have to hide anymore. I don't have to hide anything. I'm not hiding. Um, and that is one of the number one ways, like when people come into recovery. So I've done substance abuse, um, treatment groups as a licensed chemical dependency counselor, worked with people in recovery, um, for years now. And I love it. It's one of my favorite things. I love meeting with people who are in recovery or who, you know, who are wanting to get sober. Um, but one of the things that is such a key in recovery is honesty. Mm -hmm. And there's this acronym, how to get sober, H-O-W, honesty, open-mindedness, willingness, you know, are you willing to do what it's going to take? Are you, um, going to get honest about the reality of where you're at? And I remember coming to that place of, I've got to get, I mean, something has to change. And the first person that I really got honest with actually was a, was a counselor. Cause I, I put myself in an outpatient treatment program and knew that things needed to change. And so actually is myself. I had to get honest with myself about mm-hmm. the reality of how things were because things were not good. And so mm-hmm. in that moment of getting honest with myself, it allowed me to reach out to get the help that I, that I needed. Um, so I think we can build on that. Like just talking about, about honesty, about uh, building the house on solid ground, what that really means. And so let's, let's read Matthew seven, um, before we go any further and just talk about that. What is the difference um, between the person who builds the house on solid ground versus sinking sand? So Matthew seven, um, and for those listening, if you listen to us last time, Jenna, Jenna reads uh, um, sometimes from the passion translation, <laughs> right? Passion translation. Yep. Okay. Last time I thought I was reading from the passion, but it is the message. Anyway, there was some kind of mix up. So I'm reading from the message right now. Just want to clarify that. (laughs) So actually now I'm going to read from NIV, but uh, Matthew seven says uh, 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. And there's the key it's putting it into practice, which practice means doing it over and over and over um, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall. So life happened. The swirl came, right? The, um, you know, whatever it might be, these things happen. And yet the house stood because it was on a solid foundation. Mm-hmm. So, so let's talk about that first. Um, just the fact that this is Jesus saying, you know, he's actually teaching, he's talking to his disciples and he's saying, in essence, the word he's the house. I mean, he, or he's the solid rock. Yeah. So if Jesus is the solid rock, which he is, what does it look like for my life to be aligned with the words, Mm -hmm. the words that he's saying, um, the things that the scriptures say. And as I was thinking about this this morning, it really did bring me to a place of, am I in the word? Am Mm -hmm. I allowing the Lord's voice in my life to truly lead me? Yeah some self-evaluation, you know, I, um, man, like I said, sometimes we make decisions and choices in life that lead us down this path that we didn't see coming. Right. Mm -hmm. And what I love about what you just read was, is it says like when the stiff winds blow, when, when the storms come, it's one of the things I'm so thankful for now is that like, I'm literally never without hope. 
And yeah. isn't that so opposite? I remember before I came to Christ, like how hopeless I was. And it was just like, it was like this inner torment turmoil constantly in my heart and in my mind. And, you know, what's coming to mind to me is, is, you know, when you get honest with yourself, you know, and you are walking through what's called the sanctifying process, you know, you're sanctifying your life to Jesus, to the word, to the things of God, there is like this crushing season, you know, where you are literally dying to your flesh. You're dying to the way that you have lived life up until that point. And while that can be difficult, God graces us to do it. So it's God's grace. It's God's It's like a heavenly empowerment that comes on our life that allows us to walk out the crushing process and dying to our flesh, dying to ourself. You know, you just said it earlier. You said, um, when Jesus said, Mm. or will not my will be done. Yeah. And so that for me is, you know, what comes out of the crushing process is new wine. Yeah. You know, which is, which is what we want. New oil, new wine. We want to be people, a people that is found with our oil lamps full, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, so good. And the oil, the oil is the Holy spirit. And I know that most, you know, some of you listening, you'll know that and maybe not, and that's okay. Some, you know, some of the verbiage, like we still, we, we, we want to, we want to, just highlight that, that oil is Holy spirit, but yes, Jenna, it, it, same thing. It makes me think of Jesus at the foot of the Mount of olives. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's, so the, the night before Jesus was crucified, he went into the garden. He, he actually asked his friends like, Hey guys, stay here and pray. And they, they like fell asleep. There's a whole, that's a whole teaching in and of <laughs> itself, but <laughs> Jesus goes into the garden of Gethsemane at the foot of the Mount of olives, right? The base. And he's, the, 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 the scripture actually says that he prayed so much, like he was in agony that his sweat became like drops of blood. And he was praying for you. He was praying for me. Mm-hmm. And he actually was also praying like father remove this cup from me. So the cup meant the beatings, the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. And, and yet I believe like in his heart, right. Cause they're one, like it was already settled but in his human nature, yeah. like he's asking the father, like, is there any other way? Can you remove this cup from me? But then he goes on to say, not my will, but yours be done. And what an example for us, like Jesus is willing to carry the mm-hmm. sins, the weight of the world in the crushing. And in this moment of praying to the cross where he's crucified. And if, you know, he's doing that and now his life, giving me strength, him seated in the heavenly places yeah he gives us that power you talk about. It's that indunimal, like the, the power from Christ, the, the grace from Christ to, to go through that crushing, to turn away from that bottle of alcohol that's actually destroying my life or to turn away from, um, the Lord's been working with me on like both my husband and I just like on things like getting out of debt, like debt has been a weight for us and we want to come out of that. So the practicality of life today, what does it look like? Not my will, but yours be done. Mm -hmm. And right, Jenna, that it is Christ who leads me and his word allows me to build my house, to build my life on solid ground because, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, this, and, and I know this, that 
that drinking and drugging it's sinking sand. Right. Um, so many things I don't need to go down the full list, but there are things that I've tried it. I've done it. It doesn't work. And I know that it's Christ and his word, right? I want to build my house, my life on what is solid on the rock. And if I may, I just want to read this just for a second here. I know you have, um, a really good scripture. I want to, I want to hear it. It relates so well. Um, but Jesus, he is, he is the rock, right? And the rock, this, this reference is actually used alone in the book of Psalms, uh, several times. And in Psalm 18 too, when David is delivered from the hand of his enemy, he says, Lord, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I will take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. So he, he's actually calling God the rock and just a, a quick snapshot here. When the Israelites came out of captivity, right, they came out of Egypt and they were, they were brought into, um, well, they were in essence, they were brought into the desert place for a while. Right. But there's an analogy where Moses brought forth water from a rock. So the Israelites, I think at this point they were complaining or something and they were thirsty. Right. And, um, there's an example where Moses strikes the rock and water comes out of the rock. And this is a prophetic moment that actually foreshadows Jesus being the only one who can quench our thirst. Right. Right. And like, how many other things did we ever go to? I mean, I can think back of like all the things that I would you know, seek out and they never satisfied. They would never quench until truly my life being transformed in Christ and having experiential life transformation. Like you said, sanctification in Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you were just talking, I scripture came up out of Romans eight in me and it says, because I just want to take a minute to just acknowledge the fact that going through the crushing process can be hard. Yeah. But I, f- I think that people need to not focus on what it is that you're walking through right now, but where God is taking me or where God is taking you, you know, um, in Romans eight, it says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory, which shall be revealed in us. And so to me, that spoke so heavily to me that the things that I'm going through right now don't even compare to the glory, to the glory of God that's about to be revealed through my life. And so for me, that was such an encouragement to just surrender, you know, because it, it at first it can feel like I have to sacrifice all of these things. I can't do anything, you know, and you feel, but what's so supernatural about it is that it actually leads to your freedom. It actually yes. leads to your freedom and you're not even just fighting for your freedom, but you're fighting for the freedom for your family and your children and your children's children. So it's something that it's an inheritance that you're leaving. And so God is anointing people to stand up in their family and saying, this stops here. This stops with me because God says my yoke is easy and my burden is light, Mm -hmm. you know, and that is so true. I mean, I can stand before you and say, that is so true. I remember like my weight was so heavy before every day. I just would almost wake up with this. Like, I remember the dread, the agony, just like being so feeling so unloved and so unworthy and all of these things. And it's like, 
when you surrender to the will of the father, mm. it he's faithful. That song that you sent me yeah. so faithful. Like God is so faithful and you can trust him. Mm. You can trust him, you know? And yeah. so, um, yeah. so I just good. was like, the things that we're going through right now, the hard things that we're walking through, don't even yeah. compare to the glory that's right. going to come through us. And there yeah. is a destiny and a calling and a purpose. I also think of Hebrews 12, where it talks about how God wants to bind up our wounds so that we can run our race. You know, we all as believers have a race. We all have a ministry, you know, a ministry is not a 501 C three. A ministry is like what God is doing through your life. And every believer has a ministry that they're called to. It's just simply, you know, exalting God and what he's done in your life, you know? Yeah. And so those were some of the things, and it wasn't even a scripture that I had like, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. as I love, I love that. And it gives hope. Mm-hmm. I hear hope. Like when you, when you're speaking, Jenna, I hear hope and just sharing that, that there's a reason for, for having the change happen yeah. in your life. And, you know, recently somebody asked me, do you ever think about going back? And this person was asking, like going back to maybe substance use, but more so the, the, the question was like going back to, um, you know, the, the commercial sex industry, really the strip club industry. And I said, absolutely not because I've had so many gifts in recovery. I've had so many gifts in my relationship with the Lord. Yes. There's been difficult times. Yes. There's been the, there's been crushing and there, you know, I mean, but the, the gift of peace, mm-hmm. clarity, joy, yeah. pe- I mean, the gift of my family, the gift of being a wife and have, you know, my husband and our, I mean, just so many things, friends, good sisters in Christ, mm-hmm. so many gifts that would not have been. So had I been, had I stayed in the sinking sand, mm-hmm you know, and that, but that's the grace of Christ. That's the goodness of God. He is pulling us towards what is good. Right. And, and may we be those who hear his voice today. Like what is Christ saying to me today that allows me to build my life on what is solid, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah. and I, I just, for anyone listening, I also wanted to say too, that, you know, one of the you can call it a revelation or whatever you want to call it. But one of the things that I came to realize that I felt like the Lord spoke to me was, is that like, you know, the enemy does not attack what's not a threat. And I think that some of the most powerful people in the kingdom of God, they go through some really hard things because the enemy knows, you know, the enemy. And so, um, I just want to, wanted to encourage everyone, like everything that you've went through, isn't for nothing. And God can literally take anything, Mm. you know, he can literally take, bring beauty from any ashes of your life, you know, and even, you know, I remember just speaking the word into my life and you know, this thing, you know, in Ecclesiastes, it talks about like God, just being able to make everything beautiful, you know, like in time and that word, everything means everything, Mm. you know? So no matter what path you've crossed, no matter what choices you've made, there is, you know, beauty that can rise from the ashes of a broken life. And, yeah. um, 
It's really some powerful people in the kingdom of God and powerful people who are making an impact, you know, that God uses these empty vessels, you know, these people to just make a difference in the lives of other. And there's nothing, you know, for me, there's, there's so many beautiful things about life, but one of the most amazing things and satisfying thing is being able to minister to the girl that, you know, I, I saw myself like that, that was me, you know, and being able to minister, you know, and bring yeah. hope and life, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So. You get to, you get to walk it out and there comes a point where all of a sudden you see how the Lord is working in your life to bring hope and encouragement to others. And there's, there's healing in that. It's, I mean, that really, truly, it makes me think of Isaiah 58, where, the Aruka Hebrew word healing and wholeness comes from pouring out your life in essence, um, um, encouraging and supporting and loving on others. And, um, so there's something, uh, very healing about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so good. So good. So yeah. that's kind of a wrap. I, I wonder, you know, I want to read, I, I do want to read the rest of, um, Matthew seven, So, you know, we talked about the wise, the wise builder. Well, there's also the example of a foolish builder and verse 26 says, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell with a great crash. So the the one who doesn't practice what the Lord is saying. Right. And so for myself, for those listening, right. May we be those who put into practice the word, what is the Lord saying and how can I practice that in my life? And I love that. I love that, that Jesus used the word practice, right. Cause it is something that you do over and over until it sticks. And I don't know what the stat is. I think they're like, I actually had read that, that this stat wasn't necessarily true. So I hesitate on sharing it, but you have to do things so many times. I think it was like 21 times or something, however many times you have to do something in repetition for it to stick. Right. And so instead of in my, in my weak moment, turning to something that is not good for me, I'm going to, I'm going to pick up the phone. I'm going to call a friend. I'm going to get honest with that friend. I'm going to um, go for a walk. I'm going to get in the word. I'm going to read the scripture, right. I'm going to do something else Mm -hmm. instead of going to that thing that is not good for me. It's being a hearer and a doer of the word, you know, amen. Being a hearer and a doer. Yep. Amen. I think that's a wrap, right? We do be, be those who put into practice and do, and do be doers of the word. Where is that? That's in scripture. Yeah, it is. That's <laughs> good. I was like, that's really good. <laughs> Just got to Google. <laughs> I did pick up my phone. I was about ready to Google it. So, <laughs> so happy National Recovery Month. Um, just, you know, those listening and, and maybe you're not in recovery either way. Um, and just pray that, you know, we be, be those who are building, building the house on solid ground which is the word and just an encouragement, a really, really good song. Jenna and I had been listening to it this morning um, is called it's confident by Stephanie Gretzinger. And she just talks about 
um, you know, not winning the battle with her own strength, right? But that God is the mountain mover and and the only one. Um, she goes on to say, I won't build my life on sinking sand. You are my hope forever, the rock where I stand. I won't win this battle with the strength in my own hands. You're the mountain mover and only you can, right? So only you can, the rock is where I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And I can be confident your faithfulness will see me through. Tragic reality, the truth has been revealed, so we just can't stay still. Gotta move and do something until the sick world's healed. How can we live the same way, knowing there's a good chance?